Hey, Tribe, did you know the average business is missing out on 50% more sales? If you're an ambitious female entrepreneur who is leveling up this year and your path is to grow beyond seven figures, I have an invitation for you. Every month I open my calendar up for a few lucky business owners to take advantage of a rev up your revenue assessment. You may not know this, but only 2% of sales close on that first contact or the first sales call. And most entrepreneurs are missing out on tens of thousands of dollars in additional revenue every month because they don't have a repeatable process that nurtures those other 98% of leads who just aren't ready to say yes yet. Like most businesses, you may even fall into that roller coaster cycle of feast or famine, or maybe you're just randomly bringing on new clients, but you don't know where they're coming from and why they're choosing you. If that's the case, let's find out if there are clients and dollars that you may be overlooking with a rev up your revenue assessment. In the assessment, we dive into your sales processes, identify low-hanging fruit, develop a simple and repeatable process for you to close clients like clockwork, and give you the action steps that you can implement right away. So if this sounds like something you want to take advantage of, because there are only a few slots, click the Rev Up Your Revenue Assessment link in the show notes. Hey there, and welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Emmy Kirshner. I'm a serial entrepreneur, investor, and business coach for ambitious women who are boldly taking their business to the next level. And I believe that building a successful business isn't about working 24-7 just to merely meet a revenue goal. What it does take is a unique blend of dedication to purpose, courageous action, and frequently sheer will to overcome the odds that lead to meaningful impact and experiencing a life well lived. In each episode, you'll get to know the women and men who are unafraid to put it all on the line as they share the stories of success and failure that have made them incredible leaders and the magic they gift the world with. As you're listening, and I hope finding value, don't forget to share the Tribe of Leaders podcast with all of your other entrepreneurial friends and to follow us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Hey, everybody. I am so super excited, as always, to bring to you another incredible guest. Today, we are talking to Laura Rubin, who is a reformed hustle bunny. She currently is a joy-seeking lover of life, and she mentors other corporate and entrepreneurial hustlers to unwind from the grind and overwork and burnout, encouraging, empowering, inspiring them to free themselves from society's rules of success and experience life on the other side of the desk on their terms. She guides them on the courageous journey of living to work, not working to live. And I have to say, Laura, first of all, welcome to the show, but you and I are so aligned in so many ways. I can hardly wait to dive into all of the juiciness that you offer. So with that, share a little bit about yourself. You bet. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. I got into this because I spent my life checking off the boxes 
college, career, marriage, children, all of the things that society tells us that we need to be or we need to follow and do and and everyone else is doing to be successful. And I reached a point where I had all of those things, but it didn't feel right. That success that I was reaching for didn't really appear. I still felt dissatisfied. I still felt like I wasn't fulfilled. And so the next piece was to go on the journey and discover why that was and come to the realization that really I was living my life on everyone else's terms and not my own. Mm -hmm. So the journey really took me on the discovery of who I was, what's important to me and living my life through that lens and not, you know, not what society has told us, not what's modeled for us, not the labels that we carry around. And it's been a really fun and exciting journey just to open up to what all those possibilities are. And as a result, because of that excitement and so much fun that I'm having, I decided I wanted to share that because I saw so many other women not in the same boat that I was and not enjoying the fullest. So I just, I've been on this mission to encourage others to do the same and that it can be done. It doesn't have to be done how we how it's been modeled to us with the do 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 go 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 work 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 attitude yeah i'm so morally opposed to that like it, <laughs> and it, it like it does not work no but we've been taught that for so long it's very difficult to stop the cycle and to break that cycle and i believe more and more of us are headed in that direction so that we are showing a different way but it is, it is a difficult thing, habit to break. Why do you think we're, I'm not even going to say wired because I don't think we're actually wired to work like that, but why do you think we're structuring our day? Why do you think we've set ourselves up that it's got to be this 24 seven hustle and grind? You've got to do 42 things, get your kids to 42 places, be like, I think into that line. And you're right. We're not wired, but we're taught. So it becomes a wiring, you know, it, it becomes how we've been taught or we've watched it, you know, growing up, work hard. You want to make that income. You want to be successful. It's in, and it becomes about in order to be successful, it's the outside accolades and it's the awards and it's the winning and it's what you, the trophies you can put on the shelf. It's all those things because the world has taught us that in order to be successful and fulfilled, we have to have these external markers. It, it really doesn't encourage us to live from the inside out and to realize that success is really living life on our terms and doing it the way we want to do it. We're so we're taught that, you know, we have to work hard in order to achieve anything. And like you, I, it doesn't have to be that way, but that's what we see. And that's what we're taught. I want to dive into this, the work hard thing because it one drives me nuts, but like, why does work have to be hard. Exactly. So take it on part piece though further. Work hard, play hard. Why do any of why does any of that have to be hard? I'm with you. Can't we just work and play? Yeah. Why does it have to be hard? You put the word hard attached to either one of those. It's like now we just can't do it to do it. We have to strive. We have to and if we're not working hard, then we don't deserve it. 
Yeah. And there's a painful piece. Like it's like you're breaking something down or destructing something within yourself in the work hard part. And I've put a ton of time into my business because I wanted to, I can't say, I mean, there's, and there have been definitely things that have like completely challenged me or that I've totally sucked at or that I should have had somebody else do, but none of it was really that hard. Right. Right. It's more about choice and sometimes not knowing. And I also think that like I, I preach against the hustle, but I'm not preaching against working and I'm not preaching against working, you know, and taking the time and putting the effort in what I'm preaching against is the energy behind the hustle. Is it soul sucking? Is it all you do 24 seven? You know, it's okay to hustle. It's okay to work. What is the energy behind it? Because you love it and you just, it, it doesn't feel like work, but when it's, you eat, sleep and breathe it 24 seven, and you can never walk away. That's when it becomes soul sucking. That's when it's a problem. So if it's interesting because I'm not trying to tell people not to work and you're just going to sit on the couch and eat bonbons. It's it's energy behind the work that you're doing. Yeah. And that mindset is so important for like how you feel at the end of the day. Definitely. Right? And, and I catch myself occasionally too, where it's like, oh, I've got to get all this stuff done, right? There's that frenetic energy. And when I stay in that place, end of the day, I'm exhausted. It's like, oh, let me just go lay on the couch where I could do the same exact tasks and the same, have the same calendar and the same schedule. And if my attitude, my mindset is look at this easy peasy day, like, yay me, I'm ready to go like out and play and have fun and, and go interact with people and take on other challenges at the end of the day. Exactly. And that's exactly right. It's the mindset. It's, it's what you're putting into it. How do you feel about those tasks and how can you make them fun and how can you enjoy them? Cause we all have tasks that are required of us during the day that sometimes we don't like, it's not our favorite, <laughs> but you know, what's the attitude that you have behind it? Here's the other thing. If it's truly something that you don't like and you have the means delegate it, let someone else do it for you. Then maybe they'll do a much better job at it than you will, because you're trying to slog through it. You hate it. It's not what you want to do. Delegate it. Find someone that can help you with that. Who's more than happy to do that piece. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the things I teach my clients and we've talked about it with other guests on the podcast is like stay in your zone of genius Mm -hmm. and delegate everything else. It makes life a lot easier. Yeah. Cause there's somebody else who likes doing whatever it is that you don't like doing. Exactly. That is exactly right. Why we're all different. So how do we get out of this hustle and grind mentality? Like how do we, as a culture and a society make the shift? And I think we're seeing it, you know, as we're kind of, I don't want to say post COVID cause we're still there, but coming out of, of COVID very slowly. And, you know, there's a lot of people who are thinking, and looking at work differently, which I'm really excited about. Like it's such an opportunity for us to make a permanent shift away from that mentality. How do we do it? I agree. Um, and actually COVID was, it started the ball rolling in my opinion, in terms of we got to experience the power of the pause because we were forced to pause, not necessarily because we wanted to, but there were so many of us that were forced to pause and our life changed. The thought of, and I was a huge proponent of take this time to really see what it's like 
to not schedule your calendar back to back to back to back. Not, you know, not, you don't have to go to the office every day because there was, you know, everything was closed. How do you schedule your day? How can you schedule five minutes of the pause? And I always talk with my clients about the power of the pause. And there's the pause that's the relaxation, the meditation, the journaling, the enjoying, you know, the spa days, however, the the actual rest side of things. But there's also the power of the pause that brings you into awareness, which is an action kind of pause. So it's the pause where, for instance, every morning when you get your cup of coffee, instead of mad dashing out of the house and you've got it in a to-go cup and you're driving down the, you know, you're driving to work, you take five minutes and enjoy that cup of coffee. What does it smell like? What does it taste like? What is the, you know, what, what does the warm cup feel like in your hand? It's learning to become aware of the surroundings and what we're doing. It's really the start is just pausing, taking a deep breath and giving yourself spaciousness. And then the next step is really once you're starting to pause and you're giving yourself that space is let's figure out who we really are. You know, what, what is it? Are we, you know, are we living on shoulds and have tos or are the decisions that we're making based around who we are at our core, our core values, the things that we want to do, the things that light us up. And then I also talk about, you know, we talked a little bit, you and I, when we started with it, the power of the, um, the permission to play. How many of us really play? When was the last time that we met someone? And the first thing we asked them is, what did you do last weekend? As opposed to what do you do for a living? You know, we don't, we are not playing and it's not, it's not organized play. It's free play, just playing to play. Right. So important. So yeah. Important. And it is so important. Like that's, one of the things that I love doing, and we talked about this before, like that unstructured play of just skipping down the street randomly, or yeah. I don't know, I tend, there's a whole bunch of things I do that drive my kids nuts. So, I know, mine too. Uh, but like singing randomly and, and like nonsense, not anything in yep. particular. So like I'm just exercising my vocal cords and both of my kids at varying times have been like, we don't know her because it's usually out in public. Yes. How about dancing in the grocery store when a good song comes on? I would oh, yeah. heck out of my children. Yeah. But how often are we living from the shoulders up in our heads? You know, when you start experience the free play, you're playing just for the experience of it not organized, not an organized sport. Like you're, you're playing to win or to lose or art class where you're learning a technique. You're painting just to paint, to see what flows on the page. You don't have to color, you know, it's coloring outside the lines. You're skipping, you're singing, you're moving your body and you're getting out of your head and you're experiencing life as a whole being, which we don't do. We've forgotten how to do that. And we don't give ourselves permission to do it because it's like, Well, that doesn't, there's no end goal in this. Well, the end goal is just to experience it as you do it while you do it. It's again, it it goes back to the power of the pause and the awareness piece. It's just being aware of who you are and and the joy that you're getting from this activity, just playing. It's so satisfying. (laughs) And it's so simple. How hard is it to go to the park and swing on a swing? Or go in the backyard and and throw a ball for your dog. Your dog thoroughly enjoys it. Enjoy it like your dog does, you know? Yeah. I had a bunch of friends of mine used 
And I used to do like this rotating dinner and we would all bring different things and it would be a theme. And one of my friends was dating somebody new. And I had said something absolutely ridiculous to him, like just goofy, playful. And we'd bantered back and forth. And he was like, oh, you're so much fun. Like, I'm like, yeah, what I do for a living is so serious because I'm right there with my clients and, and pushing them and, you know, we're crunching numbers and we're creating things, et cetera. But there's a lot of seriousness in that. And for me, the flip side of that is the ridiculous play, like just the laughter and not having to be tied to exactly what you said, the goal or anything else. It's just there being experience. Yeah. For those of you who are like, oh, I don't think I do that. Like, give it a try. It's going to feel really uncomfortable, but it is super fun. (laughs) It will. And to be honest with you, There will be people that look at you like, oh, you're crazy, but there will be people that also look at you that go, oh, I want to do that too. You're giving people permission by, by us doing it. We're giving others permission to do it. And then more people will join in. And when you get to interact with these people, we're all having a good time together in collaboration and connection. How fun is that? Right. And you're creating something newly and differently, which for me allows me to take that back into my work and have more expanse and more freedom to have just different ideas. Agreed. We use our brains so much. So the idea behind the free play is we just get to do whatever with an abandon, which creates the spaciousness and slows our brain, you know, just slows that thinking and that, you know, that meticulous side of things. And you do need, you get to go back to work or go back to whatever that is. And you're, you're fresh and you've got ideas and, and excitement and it just, the productivity flows. It makes it so much better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I am curious as a former hustler, was there a moment where you kind of crashed and burned? You know, it's interesting you say that because I was actually talking to a gal uh, the other day about this. And for me, there was not a crash and burn. It was just a slow realization that I did lose my job, but that wasn't necessarily a crash and burn for me, but it was an awakening to the, in the terms of, did I want to go back to do the things that I've always done that I was good at, but wasn't lighting me up or is this an opportunity for me to really determine what it is I want to do and what I want to be when I grow up? And that happened. I started feeling the, like the uneasiness, the things weren't quite right at about 45. And then I lost my job at 50. And so I was in a place to be able to do this exploration. And so that's what I chose to do. So it wasn't like things fell apart and it was like, I just can't do this anymore. It was more of a realization that this isn't working. So what is it that's going to work? And then I just went on the journey and it's just been, you know, it's just been this journey one step after the other. And I've taken two steps back, one step forward. This is, it's for a hustler and a person like an overachiever, like I am, it's easy for me to fall back into that hustle and just go, go, go. So, you know, it is a journey, but I just keep taking that that one small step forward. And, and now I'm really, so like for me, not knowing was a curse. I had to know (laughs) I'm going from a to D and I had to, I knew what D was and I had to know what everything was in between. But now it's like, I'm so open to, I'm so curious and open and uh, and receptive to whatever comes my way. It's fun. 
I'm not so rigid anymore. I allow for things and not everything works out, but it's okay because it's some sort of lesson. I've learned something. I tried, you know, for me, action breeds clarity. So, but it's so freeing for me to have a more curious, open, receptive way of living versus I have got to know and all my ducks have to be in a row. Now, don't get me wrong. I still like a container. I like to have, you know, to me, there's a masculine side and a feminine side. And the masculine side is the strategy and the action and the container. But within that, I want to be able to flow and just decide which way do I want to go? What do I want to try? But I have this container from, you know, from which I work within, but I can be open to adventure and curiosity and potential and possibilities. Yeah. I feel like it gives you, instead of that one straight linear path to A to D, 10,000 different paths to get from A to D. Yeah. And you get to choose which one works for you and you get to decide, oh, this didn't work. I'm going to try it a different way. And how often is life really linear? Is it? Never. No. No. And so the more you're willing to let it go wherever it goes and just be along for the journey and enjoy it, the easier it is. Yeah, absolutely. Where do you feel like for somebody who's like, I want to play, I want to like really enjoy my cup of coffee in the morning or tea or whatever, whatever you're doing, what's the next step? Like, how do you self-correct? Because at some point on that path, as you said, like it's sometimes it's two steps forward, one step back or vice versa. I think it's awareness. Obviously the first, the first step is awareness. So that's, so the first thing I ask my clients to do is let's just institute the power of the pause. Where is it? You know, look at your calendar. Can you take a 10 minute break in between your meetings? Can you take a 10 minute break in between your phone calls? Can you stop at lunchtime, whatever that works and step out from behind your desk for 15 minutes and just start being aware of what's going on and start realizing that there is more to your life than behind sitting behind the computer or behind the desk or whatever, whatever your work involves. So it's really just starting the awareness. And, and I also encourage small steps where you're not going to go from A to D in one fell swoop. And if you think that you are, there's going to be failures or setbacks along the way, but the key will be, okay, I'm getting back up, I'm getting back on. I'm going to keep going. And each time you're successful at one of those steps, you're building confidence and you're, and you're trusting in yourself. Ooh, I did this. I can do the next thing. I can do the next thing. So it's just small incremental steps. I also encourage don't do it alone. It's nice to have accountability. It's nice to have someone to lean on, whether that's a friend, coach, colleagues, whatever that works, doing it alone, you get lost sometimes, or you think I'm the only one and you're not the only one. So reach out, do it with others. I love that because it's so much easier to have a buddy. Mm -hmm. You're going to show up differently. How would you like to see work change? As I say, I would like to live to work, not work to live. So what I would like to see is work is just one piece of our lives. And that's what I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in our work. Nothing else exists except 
And then if you don't like your job or, you know, you're going through a stressful time, then your whole life is stressful because you have nothing else but work. So I would like to see work just be a small portion of who you are, you know, and you've got so many other things going on and you actually are spending time with your family or spending time with yourself and and going out to play and, and enjoying life, like I say, on the other side of the desk so that if work isn't going quite as well as you'd like, that's okay because you've got so many other things that really light you up and work for you, you know, and that you want to do in your life. So I'd like to see it not become the center focal point of who we are. And how can you help people prioritize that? Because with entrepreneurs, it's a little bit different. You can create your schedule, whether it's 12 hours a day or five hours a day, you have a little bit more choice and flexibility in doing both in the same week. In a regular kind of nine to five job, there's official hours somewhere. And I think those are becoming more flexible. So for somebody who has like that eight hour a day kind of commitment, are there ways they can restructure some of that so that they're really accomplishing the things they want to in their work? I think that there are. And obviously when you work for someone else as an employer, you are somewhat tethered to their, you know, their schedules and things like that. But you can look at the work that you're doing. Is there something that you can delegate to somebody else? Do you have to do it all? Do you really have to, when you get up in the morning, look at your emails and look at your phone? Can you give yourself that break that you actually don't start your day until you walk into the office at eight o'clock or seven o'clock, whatever, or nine o'clock, whatever that time is? Can you schedule to the best of your ability, your meetings with 15 minute increments in between if you happen to have a busy day. We have some control over how we schedule things. We also teach people how much we're available. When you get that email, do do you process your emails at a certain time every day or do you react to every email that comes in? Or can you batch respond. So like for me, one of the things that I had to learn, I had taught my clients that they could call me or text me anytime and I would respond. And so I basically told them it was okay. It was okay because I was going to answer and I was going to, you know, follow up with them or whatever. I started saying, first of all, I stopped answering texts and I waited to the next day. And then, you know, when they would say something, I'd say, look, I work between these hours. These are when I will actually respond. So there are certain things that we can take responsibility for. We can take a 15 minute lunch hour and we start scheduling things appropriately. If others are scheduling things for us, then we need to let them know. And sometimes it requires a hard conversation. And, but I think that when we have those conversations and we are doing it for ourselves, we are respected for that. We just are, we're sometimes afraid to have those conversations. We're afraid to rock the boat. Sometimes you have to rock the boat in your own favor. I agree. And I think setting those boundaries are so important, particularly with clients, because at some point you're just going to be drained. Yes. And you're not doing them any good. You're not, if you're a drained business owner, employee, you know, employer, whatever that is, whatever that role is for you, you're not doing your job very well. You're not going to be, your output is just not going to be up to par. Give yourself yeah. a break so it can be. Yeah, absolutely. And from a client perspective, at least in coaching, sometimes it's better for them just to sit with whatever they're in pain. 
Yes. I would agree because yeah, we're not here to save them because as a coach myself, that's not what we're here to do. We're here to ask the right questions so that they can expand and see the big picture and and come up with the solutions on their own. We're not here to save them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's we all have to kind of figure it out. Yep on our own, just, just having the support is so important. And one of the things when we start setting those boundaries, it is about shedding the shoulds and the have tos. Now, granted, we all have those and they will still be there, but how many of those are self-imposed on ourselves? You know, how many can we actually shed? So in the process of discovering, unleashing what I call unleashing the real you, then we start intentionally living through the lens of who we discovered that we are and what makes us tick and how we want to live our life. So then our decisions does, when we have something, we're faced with a decision, does it fit through the lens or is it outside the lens? You know, does it fit within what I, what works for me? And we can take that same lens into the workplace and massage and control the things that we can, because there are going to be certain items that we can't, but we can look at those situations and what can I do for myself to the best of my ability to make it fit as close to what's going to be best for me as possible. Right, right. I'm also curious too, like once people start shifting, like they have the awareness and they're prioritizing, how does their life change? I think what they find is they become freer. They become happier. They start realizing what can be, you know, and then they, as, as they become, they become more successful at that. They try harder things. And I think, you know, again, it is, it's a process I don't want to say it's slow, but it's methodical. It is, you know, you just keep moving, but it gets fun and exciting. I think they start to enjoy their lives way more. And I think they start stepping out of their comfort zone more, trying new things. They also set up boundaries. Their yeses mean yes. Their noes mean no. And they're unapologetic about their noes because they're solid in who they are and and what is important to them. Yeah. Do you find that they also, like the work becomes more productive in less time? Oh, yes, definitely. Because I'm notorious for if I have free time, I'll fill it with busyness. That doesn't mean anything. It's like, but when you start living intentionally, now the time that you work, you can work intentionally for three hours and probably, well, and can get as much done as you would in an eight hour unintentional day. So you've just, you know, if you intentionally work for three hours, now you've got five more in your day. How are you going to use it? What are you going to do? So yes, you become way more intentional, way more focused. And then you have the free time to regroup, recharge, re-energize, and then get back at it again. I remember I was newly divorced and was working at a marketing agency and I worked mother's hours because I I wanted to be home with my kids, got off the bus and I worked nine to three and my brother kept wanting to hire me. I live um, in Pennsylvania, well, I live in Philly, but he was in outside of Dallas. He's like, I know you. He's like, you're getting three days worth of work done in those six hours. And he's like, that's why I want to hire you. And he's right. Like I, I was like essentially off the grid mm-hmm. and totally present in my work during those six hours. And Vice versa, once three o'clock came, I was essentially out the door and doing mom things and starting my business. And 
And that's so wonderful. Yeah. When you were there, you were there and you were present and you were focused and you were productive. And what that allowed you to do is when you walked out the door at three o'clock, you didn't have anything hanging over your head because you had determined what was it I had to get done today. Okay. Right. I got those things done and you were focused because your outside priority was important to you. So it was important that you stay focused and you didn't yeah. get home. So that's the other thing. When we walk around not knowing what's important to us, then we just kind of, we're like a rudderless ship. Just anything can take us anywhere. But you had a purpose. You knew at three, you wanted to be there for your children, which meant that nine to three had to be focused. It's a perfect example of how you can do that. Yeah. And my, when the agency grew, the first couple of years that I was there and then we were working on exit strategy after that. So it was like, it was a very intentional, right. you know, close out and, and slow down, but I had a ton of fun and I still, as I said, I, I just went in and was like, this is what I got to do. So let's make it happen. People like I, you're working on, and that's what we talk about. It's not about not working and it's not right. about not having focused and really putting effort into it. I don't want to say hard. I'm avoiding the word hard, but you're putting effort into what you're doing, but not to the point of being soul sucking and not to the point of, you know, so many of us are on the hamster wheel or on autopilot, both of which you're not aware, you're not present, you're not experiencing life. You're going through the motions, whether it's frenetic or dazed and confused or dazed because you're just kind of, you know, you're going through the motions and that's it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I love like both, like they're perfect visuals of, I think how everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people are just meandering through life. Let's hop off and slow down and have some fun while we're here. Exactly. Exactly. We only get one trip around the sun or how many trips around the sun we get. So let's make it count. Yeah, absolutely. For somebody who is like, this is really resonating, you know, with them and they understand like the awareness piece, but they want some guidance. How can you help them get started? You bet. So for me, I love to start by having a discovery call, a connect, what I call a connection call. And that is really just, if you're stuck, if it's not, like you said, something resonates, you're not sure, reach out. I have a calendar link. You link up, we get on the call for 30 to 45 minutes and just talk about where you are, what's going on, what is one thing that they can change and improve on that they can kind of see, oh yeah, I can do this. There is a possibility because so many are like, oh, that's great. You're talking a great game, but that'll never work for me. There's no way it'll never work for me. (laughs) And I I just can't. No, you don't know my life. You don't know. And I call BS. I'll call BS on that. There is something you can do. Can you change everything right away? No, but there is always something. You're just not thinking. You're so stuck in it. They're not thinking outside the box. I love getting those those comments. I'm curious, like, on average, when you start, when you hear that from somebody, how long does it take you to find something that they can do to shift to find greater ease and more joy? I'd say after about 15 minutes of having a conversation, it's like I've, I've picked out three or four places that they could, they could just make one small change, five minutes here, there. And if they would stick to it, then they get to experience, oh, it could be different. It's funny. I have one gal that I've known for a long time and very successful entrepreneur. And she told me, she said to me, 
I can't listen. I, I don't read your posts anymore. And I can't listen because you're speaking to me and I just can't change right now. It was so funny. And I, I just looked at her and I'm like, but you can, you can. And she's just not at a point to be ready, but it was like, so I knew I was speaking to her because she was feeling guilty or it was connecting, but she wasn't at the place because in her mind, she couldn't see those little, little cracks. You just go in through little tiny cracks. And that's for me personally, that's one of my superpowers is to be able to look at someone's life and look at their big picture and then see the little areas, you know, all the possibilities that they're not seeing. And then you just start, I just present one or two, you know, because you really want them to be successful at one or two of them. And then they start realizing there is a possibility and then they'll start coming back for more and making a change. Right. Right. I love what you're saying too, because it's those little, it's those little cracks and, and being able to kind of fill those gaps with something more positive, but it's also like, it's such an easy shift. Well, we have to pick something easy. These people are already in the boardroom running a multi you know million dollar company, whatever it is, they are working and they are stressed and they are. So if you're going to add one more thing, cause that's what they look at too. You're just going to add one more to do to my to-do list. Well, I am going to add something for you to do, but it's going to be simple and you're going to enjoy it. And we're going to see how does it, how do we fit this into your life? And that's the other thing. So for me, I have a system and and a, a progression. I like to take my clients through, but they get to decide how they go through it, how fast where they get stuck because it's that one area that needs a little bit more work. You know, we're not moving through it like, okay, it's this, and then it's this, and then it's this, it's, this is the container. Again, this is the container. How are we going to flow through it? And the suggestions and the things that I give one person, like I give you may not be what I give my next client. You know, it, it they have to fit within their lifestyle and what they're willing to do. Yeah. Well, I would suggest to everybody who's really resonating with this to definitely reach out with to you and, and have a connection call, get some feedback. Because I think for me, that's the way we grow the most is when you have somebody look at what's going on, who's outside of your community, your sphere, outside of your head. Yeah. Um, outside your head really is that, that's key. Yeah, that is really key. And that's in someone that doesn't have a vested interest in, you know, and can see things objectively. And really that's my passion. My passion is to talk to as many people as possible and show them and help them realize there is a different way because it's so much more fun enjoying life on the other side of the desk than making that our entire lives. And it doesn't have to be that way. That's right. It does not. It does not. Laura, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Such a fun conversation, particularly, well, all of it, but particularly the parts about play. And where can people find you? Where can they connect with you? You bet. They can find me on my website, lifewithlauramarie.com. I am on LinkedIn at Life with Laura Marie and Instagram, Life with Laura Marie as well. Awesome. Perfect. Again, thank you so much. And for all of you who are listening, we will see you next week. Wonderful. Have a great day. Thank you so much for being a listener in the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am so grateful for each and every episode that you tune in and listen to. And I hope that you get a ton of value that you can implement starting today. I do have 
just a quick favor. If you wouldn't mind hopping on to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review, it would help us tremendously so that the Tribe of Leaders podcast can be found more easily and help inspire other entrepreneurial leaders.